It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Thursday, February 19th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today on the show, T. Raj, Taylor Rogers 2020 projections. We're going to take a look at that lineup that Rocco Baldelli put together for tomorrow's opening matchup with the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. Randy Domnack on the hill for that one. So that'll relay us into, there's a roster spot up for grabs. Uh, we talked about the bullpen spot yesterday, and today, that fifth rotation spot, healthy competition in camp, I guess, uh, before that fifth rotation stop. We'll get into uh, Dobnak, Randy Dobnak, Devin Smeltzer, Lewis Thorpe, and Jolie's Chassin fighting for that spot. Um, I'm going to give who I think it should be or between two guys that I think it should be uh, and why. Taylor Rogers, one of the best or biggest success stories of not only the Twins last year, but of Major League Baseball. He was the fifth best reliever by war, a Fangraphs war in 2019, ranking behind Liam Hendricks, Kirby Yates, Josh Hader, and Seth Lugo only. Rogers tied Araldis Chapman, Nick Anderson, Felipe Vasquez, and Brandon Workman with 2.1 war. He was phenomenal, Taylor Rogers. He was uh, the Twins Daily Pitcher of the Year, I believe. I certainly voted for him. And after a strong, very strong 2018 campaign, Rogers got better in 2019. His 261 ERA was third best among closers with at least 30 saves. He had the best strikeout to walk ratio among those closers ahead of Yates and Hayter. 176 ERA plus, 76% above league average. 11.7 strikeouts per nine innings and just 1.4 walks per innings with 30 saves and 69 innings. Elite season from T. Raj. He made 17 multi-inning appearances and his numbers suggest that yes, he did wear down in that second half. 182 ERA in the first half, 368 ERA in the second half. 50 more points of slugging percentage. Rodgers gave up four homers in both halves but pitched 10 less innings in the second half. He threw a sinker 50% of the time at an average of 95 miles per hour. His slider and curve were nasty put-away pitches and both generated expected batting averages below 175. T-Rodg threw his fastballs harder and his slider more. His slider was swung on and missed almost half of the time by lefties. Slider was still gross against righties, just on a slightly lesser scale. Rodgers is entrenched, entrenched in the closer role for 2020. So what does Zips think of him? I think Zips is a better place to look for pitcher projections because every single Twins pitcher is like above 450 ERA because Steamer is is so um, conservative with their with their projections. Zips has Rogers for a 309 ERA, 67 innings, 78 strikeouts, and 19 walks. Steamer we can look at because Zips doesn't have saves. I don't believe has him for 29 saves. I mean, I think this is a good baseline, but why can't he replicate 2019? I know relievers fluctuate by year, and it really is unpredictable, but that's two straight years of elite production from Rodgers, and 2019 saw him become one of the best closers in all of baseball. We have two full years of sample size with him as well, 137 one-thirds innings in relief, 170 ERA plus, 259 FIP, 10.8 strikeouts per nine, and 1.8 walks per nine in 132 appearances the last two seasons combined. Consistent production at an elite level. I think the Twins added Tyler Clippard and retained Sergio Romo in part to take some of that load off Rodgers so he stays healthy and consistent as the long season goes on. Uh, he should be the traditional closer as he was for most of 2019. 
but I expect him to very rarely get action on back-to-back days. We saw Trevor May close some games last year. We know Sergio Romo can do it. He was doing it in Miami before the Twins grabbed him. Tyler Clippard can certainly close games. Maybe he wouldn't be your first choice, but he can do it as well. If you have a lefty-heavy lineup coming up in the ninth inning, he can do it. But, yeah, I think the Twins wore Rodgers down a little bit in the second half because they pitched him so much on back-to-back days because the bullpen was such a mess in the first half, as we know. And then in the second half was uh, number one in baseball in war, number two. Uh, they were up there. And on the season, they were up there as well because uh, Tyler Duffy broke through, Trevor May broke through, and that really took the pressure off of Taylor Rodgers, I think. But you can't take back the damage that was done on his arm and on his body in that first half from having to go back-to-back days with multi-innings and having to get outs in high-leverage situations four or five times a week even. Um, I think you know you can't look past that as a, a main reason that his ERA kind of kind of rose in that second half. He was uh, you know godly in the first half with his ERA. Um, and then in the second half, uh, fell down to that 368. But I think... Again, they loaded up this bullpen because I think they want to take some pressure off of them. And when you have Tyler Duffy and Trevor May breaking through the way that they did, and you can kind of count on them for 2020, that helps so much with Taylor Rodgers and his production. I think you can just have him every other day be your ninth inning guy if games are close. And I know you can't predict when, you can, when you're going to need your closer, and that's why this is interesting because um, you know Rocco struggled with it, I think, sometimes last year in that it's the ninth or even the eighth inning, and we're up by a run. We haven't won in two days. Um, this is a big game. You know, we want to beat, for example, let's say, uh, I don't know, the Astros. We're, we're up 3-2 on the Astros. Rodgers closed the game last night. Um, do we put him out there again tonight? And that's always a big question for a manager with your closer, especially with an elite closer because you need them as the season goes on. But I think Rocco's going to be able to look at his bullpen this year and say, okay, maybe we'll roll with Sergio this time in the ninth inning and give Taylor a day off. Maybe I feel confident going with Tyler Duffy in the ninth inning. I think he certainly does. Or maybe you know Trevor May's out there and he can close the game because he's done that before and get some saves. So I think Rocco's going to feel a lot more comfortable than he did in the first half last year. I think it was easier for him in the second half. He's also got guys in AAA that can come up if if someone gets hurt that can, you know, take in the load of Rodgers as well to try to keep him to just strictly a ninth inning, one inning closer. But, I mean, I think we can expect another big year from him if he stays healthy. But, yeah, relievers do fluctuate. So, you know, you don't want to count on it from him. But I think you can at this point because we have two years of sample size. You can expect high-level production from Taylor Rogers in 2020. I'm certainly excited to see T Raj go to work again for the twins. And and he was definitely maybe one of the more underrated players on this team as well. I think for sure, a top three underrated twin right up there with Mitch Garver and Max Kepler in my mind. So Taylor Rogers, big 2020 coming again after a strong 2019 and after a strong 2018 as well. I think the, the fact that he was so good in 2018 helps me feel confident, helps zips feel confident in projecting him for another strong 2020 is one of the best closers in all of baseball. We're going to take a short break when we come back looking at that that lineup rather for the Gophers game tomorrow as the Twins start their 2020 campaign. Uh, spring training beginning tomorrow with an exhibition matchup with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We'll be right back also with that fifth rotation spot fight. Who do I think should get it? Today on the Fantasy Minute presented by League Commission. Let's talk about Jose Barrios, starting pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, an all-star in 2018 and 2019. Barrios has put together phenomenal first halves, has struggled to stay consistent after the break, but his 118 ERA plus shows he is well above league average and continues to get better as it climbed to 124 in 2019. 
Brios has worked this offseason to increase his flexibility to avoid fading in the second half, as well as limiting his iconic intensive workouts that have included pushing cars and pulling trucks on the beach. Brios is primed to take an ace-level step in 2020 as he enters his age 26 season. And MLB.com recently put him on the list of dark horse Cy Young candidates. Don't sleep on La Maquina, the machine, in 2020. Jose Brios is taking that next step. Welcome back to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. We talked Taylor Rogers, one of the best closers in the game in segment one. The Twins will be playing baseball tomorrow for the first time, but Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, Miguel Sano, Eddie Rosario, Luis Ordaz, Mitch Garver, and Byron Buxton are not in the lineup. Rocco Baldelli has decided on this card. Here it is. Batting first for the Minnesota Twins. We might hear this in a few years, maybe even in 2021. Batting first, Royce Lewis playing shortstop. Batting second, Alex Kirilov in right field. Batting third, Ryan Jeffers behind the dish. Batting cleanup, Trevor Larnack designated hitter spot. Brent Rooker batting fifth in left field. Batting sixth, Travis Blankenhorn. Exciting kid who can play multiple different positions for the Twins. Big body, too. Batting seventh, Gilberto Celestino playing center field, one of the best center fielders in the system, if not the best center fielder in the system. And Xander Wheel playing first, batting eighth, with Jack Reinheimer, non-roster invitee, playing third and batting ninth, pitching on the hill. Randy Dobnak, perhaps the biggest headline positional battle of camp, Dobnak is entrenched in. But, I mean, when I look at this lineup for tomorrow's game and I see Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov, and then Ryan Jeffers, and then Trevor Larnock, and then even Brent Rooker at five. I think these are the 2024 Twins. Rocco Baldelli is already messing around with his club. Uh, who knows where Rocco will be by then. He'll probably be a three-time World Series champion by then, uh, if not four-time, 2020, 2021, 22, 23. So, um, you know. Rocco is going to be very successful then as well when he has Royce Lewis to tamper with in his lineup. He bats some leadoff, and I think Royce, with his combination of speed and athleticism, and I think he's going to develop power as well as he put on 25 pounds of muscle this offseason, would be a prime leadoff hitter. I think he's a really, really good candidate in his career to be a leadoff hitter. like to see him have more uh, strike zone discipline, as he did not in 2019. But if he can develop that a little bit better, get his on-base numbers up and and find a way to harness that ability to lay off a ball, swing at more strikes, Royce Lewis batting leadoff is an exciting proposition for Twins fans of the future. Alex Kirloff at two, it makes sense because your best hitter is supposed to be in the two spot uh, per sabermetrics. Uh, Alex Kirloff is the best hitter in the system, so he's at two. Ryan Jeffers at three. They're so high on Ryan Jeffers. Um, I know, you know, Jeffers' uh, offense has always been there. He reminds me a lot of Mitch Garver because uh, just the, when I hear about him, I'm like, oh, are they talking about Mitch Garver or Ryan Jeffers? Because they always knew Mitch Garver could hit, but his question was his defense. Then he improved his defense, and then he hit, and we knew he could do that, but hit at a, an incredibly high level. Ryan Jeffers, kind of the same thing as far as the narrative. Uh, really, really good hitter, a lot of power, but you know, not sure about his defense. But now I guess they think he's the best defensive player in the system. I think MLB.com said he's the best defensive player in the twin system or opinion that that he is and Trevor Larnack seems like a, a big time cleanup hitter except he doesn't have that much power at this point he hits the ball to all fields kind of sprays his power around the outfield uh from the left side so Trevor Larnack if he could develop more power would be a really good number four hitter Brent Rooker seems like a really strong number five a lot, a lot of strikeouts it's kind of where Miguel Sano's spot is number five I think is his prime spot uh Brent Rooker a lot of strikeouts but tons of power can just crush the ball 
and playing left field tomorrow. But I think Rocco thought about this lineup because I look at it and I, I honestly believe that this is something, if I had these players, this is how I would how I would arrange them uh, in, in the future is I would probably have Royce batting first and Alex batting second, AK um, batting second, Jeffers third, and Larnack four, and then Rooker five. It just seems like good spots for all of them as they continue to b- develop. So Dobnak's going to start his pitch tomorrow for that fifth rotation spot, and every pitch matters for him if he wants to start the season in the rotation. The Twins are super high on Lewis Thorpe. Wes Johnson loves his stuff. I think he said when your stuff is this good, uh, so on, so on. said something about how good his stuff is. They're confident in Thorpe's ability to get strikeouts and work out of jams. Devin Smeltzer's the third head of the young three-headed dragon, and he's been trying to add velocity this offseason by gaining weight, changing his delivery a bit to use his lower half, I believe it is. Uh, They all have things to like. Smeltzer can get outs and has a bulldog mentality that played really well against the Yankees specifically last year. Thorpe has this, or especially I should say last year, Thorpe has the stuff. Dobnak has the consistent command and more of a major league track record. If the decision wasn't already tough, the Twins brought in veteran right-hander Joelis Chassin, who, despite a rough 2019, has been an 8% above-average pitcher in his 11-year career. There seems to be a sense that Chassin is the front-runner for that spot, but what if Smeltzer comes out throwing 93-94 instead of 90-91? I don't think that happens, but who knows? What if Dobnak added to his arsenal or velocity as well? And what if Thorpe is all of a sudden throwing more strikes and his stuff continues to stun hitters in spring training? I don't think we should designate this spot to Chassin. There's a decent chance one of the three young arms emerges this spring. I think that's very exciting for the Twins. My best would bet would probably be Lewis Thorpe, then Chassin, then Dobnak, then Smeltzer for uh, someone who could surprise in camp. It's difficult, though, because Randy Dobnak had a 159 ERA in the majors last year, pitched well at every level. There's no way that number is sustainable, but why shouldn't he get the spot over, say, Lewis Thorpe, who posted a 618 ERA in his time for the Twins last year? I get Thorpe is the better prospect with better minor league numbers or better strikeout numbers, at least, but with a team that projects to win 90 to 100 games, Dobnak showed he can get outs at a high level. He pitched the night that the Twins clinched the AL Central. I don't think now is the time really to risk a Lewis Thorpe unless he really shines in, in the spring. My order would go Dobnak, Chasin, Thorpe, Smeltzer, to be honest with you. I think Dobnak and Chasin can give you solid innings. I like that they're right-handed in this division. That's one of my obsessions, right-handed pitchers in the AL Central and the American League in general. Chasin would have to bounce back this spring to earn the job, but I think the consensus is that he's very capable of doing that. I wasn't crazy about what I saw from Lewis Thorpe last year. I'm going to be honest. Every single game matters, especially in a three-team race now in the AL Central. I would personally feel better with Dobnak or Chassin on the hill every fifth day to start the season rather than Thorpe before Michael Pineda and Rich Hill get back. He's a wild card in my eyes, is uh, Lewis Thorpe. Maybe an X-Factor. I'm writing an X-Factor article tomorrow. Maybe Thorpe will be my third X-Factor because my first two are Byron Buxton, Jake Odorizzi, as far as unpredictable performance but a lot of influence, I think, on the 2020 season. It can be argued that Thorpe should get an opportunity. He absolutely will this spring. But if he struggles to throw strikes again, I'm not trying him out there in Seattle in the opening week of the season. Dobnak proved it to me. Chasin has proven it in the past. Thorpe has had success in the minors, but I didn't watch this guy last year and think, hey, he's a few tweaks away from being a mid-rotation guy or a fifth starter on a really good you know, World Series caliber team. I thought he was incredibly raw, a little bit wild at times. I keep thinking of that start in Cleveland and that uh, second game of the doubleheader where he really struggled to throw strikes. He did get out of a jam, I think, though, to be fair, bases loaded. I think he had three straight strikeouts, struck out the side. I would give the spot to Randy Dobnak, uh, depending on the spring, and then Jolie's just seen it. If Thorpe can come out and, and, 
and just dominate in the spring and throw a lot of strikes, then I'll be open to having him there. But I'd rather go with the two righties. Devin Smeltzer, again, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. Certainly the most exciting position battle of camp. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Tomorrow there's Twins baseball. I am so grateful and so happy that they're going to be playing baseball tomorrow. I'm, I am just on top of the moon. I know it's only an exhibition game against the D1 College uh, in Minnesota at Fort Myers, but I'm excited nonetheless. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Go Twinks. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 